Welcome back to the Superhero Ethics Podcast. This is part two of our discussion with Paul Hoppe about all things Batman. Let's get into that last topic then, which is the Joker, which is so, I mean, he is, you know, Batman's primary adversary, um, and he obviously plays a huge role in the movie we just saw, or we separately, but both saw right. uh, the killing joke, but but obviously is a huge part of the, of the Nolan trilogy and some of the other things. Why do you think the Joker is so such an important part of the Batman story? I mean, I think because he's such a he's such an inverse and such sort of an unexpected villain, yeah. I think, for such a serious seeming hero. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like when you have a hero that's so serious and so dark and it's like when you have a villain who's making fun of that, yeah, like I mean the Heath Ledger line, "Why so serious?" You know exactly, exactly that. Spot on impersonation. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> he, he, yeah, it's you know, and there's so many different Joker versions, you know, sort of different takes on the Joker. Like, you know, the Jack Nicholson Joker I thought was fantastic when I saw it, and he's this like gangster yeah. Joker, you know. Um, there's the, you know, the Mark Hamill Joker, who's my favorite Joker, who very often I think is like a sad clown Joker, you know, who's like really creepy and funny and like sad, but sort of cheerful, you know, it's just, he, he strikes so many different notes. Um, and then you have the Heath Ledger Joker, who's this anarchist Joker, you know, and I mean, I, I even liked the the Cesar Romero Joker back in the you know the the, the TV show, and um, it, it's just I I think it's a character that can kind of reflect Batman's darkness in you know I mean Batman's this one fighting for good and right. justice and like and he's wearing all black and he's serious <laughs> and like meanwhile Joker's like. He wants to kill people, you know. He's like, I'm the full, first fully functioning homicidal artist. I make art till someone dies, and like, he's all like purely white faced and like colorful suit and like, you know, making jokes. And mm-hmm. so it's like, it, it's, it's just to me, it's like the juxtaposition and the, but at the same time, how they're very much like sort of two sides of a coin and. You know, they're. I mean, they're they're both pretty crazy in their right. own ways, right? And and how Joker basically gets to constantly point out really how how crazy Batman is, um, but like, sort of, but sort of not. You yeah. know, and, um, and I think that's the Killing Joke. I, I I admit I had a lot of problems with, and I know you and I disagree with uh, yeah. on some level. I, I hated the whole Barbara story and thought it was really kind of sexist, but, but that, that's that that's a whole other topic that we can get into some other time. But I, but to me, what I loved about that movie, especially after I, I I thought about it more after talking with you about it, is that it really highlights the idea that on some level, like Batman's kind of a dick to you know uh, to Batgirl and to the rest of his team. Yeah. Joker's kind of the only one who's his equal at this point, or not even his equal, but like who he 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 almost has more respect for Joker than mm. he does for Barbara. Um, yeah, I mean, and, and part of it I think is because Joker is a little bit right about Joker gets him. Yeah, yeah, I think that's true. I think 
you know, there's the whole like one bad day thing and whether, you know, one bad day can turn anyone into the Joker. And that's kind of like his his premise. Right. Uh But it's thesis statement um, that he's trying to prove. But like he knows Batman already had that bad day. Right. And he's not like, oh, you're going to turn into me if you have one more bad day. He's like, you are me. Right. You just don't get it. You know, like the jokes on you, like um, that this like good and evil law and order law chaos, like that's irrelevant. Like, look at us. We're bloody flipped. Yeah. You know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's almost like going back before. I'm really glad that Schumacher never tried to put a Joker into his world. Oh, Be- because I kind of think like the whole point is that when Batman is this dark and serious yeah. Like the Joker is there to make fun of him in the world. Right. What Schumacher did is Schumacher just made it's basically like, here's a fun way to look at <laughs> Batman it. Batman was making fun of himself in the Schumacher. Well, way. no. What if you just assume Schumacher. the Schumacher movies are written and directed by Joker? Like it's like how would well Joker played. tell the the Batman story? He'd put nipples on the damn suit. Like that's what <laughs> Joker would do. <laughs> This is actually an idea I really like. I'm going to try and run with this now. Yeah, yeah, no, that's good. That's good. That's like the, um, you know, the, the idea that the old, uh, that the three Star Wars prequels are like propaganda put out by the Rebellion or something. Oh, I haven't heard that, but I kind it's, of like I forget it. the exact claim, but it's <laughs> it's good. And then that the, the newer trilogy is propaganda put out by someone else, and but I don't know. It's, <laughs> I, like know, it. I like good. it. It's good. It's good. But, uh, yeah, I, I think, um, you know, th- this, in, in The Killing Joke, Batman's, like, totally a dick to someone who's like, I want to help you do the thing that's most important to you. Right. In the world. And he's, like, super nice to the guy who's like, <laughs> I want to kill all your friends and destroy <laughs> the Earth. Yeah. Like, you know, I mean, that's not literally his plan, the, the destroy the Earth part, but, like... He's like really nice to the Joker. Yeah, you know, no, he, like he clearly has more respect for the Joker than he does for Barbara. Well, I, 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 I don't really. Okay. okay, what I would say is that I think he thinks that Barbara is fine on her own. Uh huh. And he's like, "You do you." Um, and with the Joker, he's like, "You need my help." Right. You know, and so, and that's the thing is that. People who are doing kind of okay, like Batman's just like, yeah, whatever, go ahead, proceed. Uh-huh. You know, it's people who are really, really on the edge of despair and destruction, and whether they're the perpetrators of that or the victims of it, those are kind of like the only people he's interested in. Yeah, you I know? mean, I, I, I don't see it quite the same way because I do think, like, Bar- even before she is shot, like, yeah. to me, Barbara is not doing as well as that, and it's mostly Batman's fault. Um, mm. But but that's again I know that, that yeah. that's a whole other rabbit hole. Um, but I I do think you're basically right that I, and and maybe it even goes back to the Dick Grayson thing that it's yeah. like, you know Batman sees in Joker not that he's going to ever make Joker his sidekick, but that he sees a little bit of you know I looked at this abyss, Dick Grayson looked at this abyss, the Joker has looked at this abyss. Yeah. Um, and so there's a connection there. Yeah. Um, yeah, and and I mean, as far as I'm aware. Barbara hasn't really had the same abyss. Right. Like, she has a, like, I want to fight crime because, like, that seems like a cool thing to do, you know? Um, the reason that, like, 
you know, any random person who's like, you know what, maybe I'll become a cop, like becomes a cop, as opposed to like, you know, my father was killed by Rolo Tomasi, you know, or by a random guy and I called him Rolo Tomasi, so I decided to become a cop, you know, or I was chained to a radiator and watched my dad beat my mom to death so I decided to become a cop to like protect these are both by the way references to LA Confidential anyone who hasn't seen that movie it is it is a fantastic movie but it's also another really good I mean to me in a lot of ways it's it's the same kind of issues of Batman because it's all about you know are you doing this out of vengeance are you doing this too Mm. are you fighting criminals or are you fighting crime yeah and when is it okay to break the law to fight crime um yeah, absolutely. It, it it definitely dovetails into that whole conversation really well, which is why I dovetailed it in. Well, uh, but... Well done. <laughs> and, but I do think you're right. And I, I, I think there's a part of me that, that feels like Barbara Gordon was really underserved by the writers, yeah. in, to some extent in Killing Joke, but also just overall that like she doesn't have a really cool origin story the way the others do. Right. Um, and I think there's something kind of problematic there. But but if, once you accept that in this world, that it, I still think you know Batman's kind of a dick to her, um, but not kind of. But but it you got yeah understand. yeah no he's a dick yeah he's, but, <laughs> but there's no yeah but the reasoning for it I think you're right it's that he 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 doesn't see her as having that need that that he sees in um in the Joker, um, and I, and I'll admit it's why the 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 first time I watched the movie I've now seen it a second time. The, the first time I watched it, the end didn't make any sense to me because I was expecting mm-hmm. something else. I think right. the movie had gotten so hyped up, and there's a whole other conversation we can have about movie hype. Um, yes, but I, yes, there is. <laughs> I, 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 I thought w- there was going to be a final act in which we saw that Gordon really had been driven crazy and he was now going to attack Batman. So mm. I, the ending just came out of nowhere to me. Um, and I still don't like it. But, but, but what I did love is, you know, like you said, Joker is, is is constantly trying to get through to Batman and the fact that he makes him laugh you know yeah. is to me that is such a breakthrough moment um cuz yeah I don't think we've ever you know Alfred makes him chuckle from time to time but but it's not the same thing um and I think that's such an interesting moment yeah it's I mean it's kind of like at the end of the story Joker wins you know like not what he was trying to do necessarily but like and at at the same time it's also like Batman wins where he's you know like Joker's like no we're not gonna like do this thing where I become your Hannibal Lecter or whatever but because I think that's kind of like what Batman had in mind like we could work together like you could tell me how these crazy people think you know (laughs) Um, but it's like, well, what I would do is, uh, uh, but it's, you know, it, it is kind of a moment of restorative justice, which like you don't see a lot of in, in comic books, Yeah. you know, and it's at the very least, it's like a first step. It's like a, like, well, all right, maybe this isn't going to work out at all, you know, but like they're trying in a way that like you don't really see very much you know and 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 when joker's like go ahead you know beat the crap out of me get your standing ovation like and that is like that's what a lot of people want to see you know and it's to me the story is just like no that's not what we're giving you that's you know because that's not like 
Batman isn't going to just beat the crap out of somebody because, like, they did something wrong, you know? Well, He's going to beat of... the crap out of someone to stop them from doing something wrong, but then once they're done, it's like, all right, we're done. And it's part, like, to me, if you ever want me to hashtag not my Joker, it's yeah. going to be the time I see Joker use martial arts, you know? Huh? Like, I, huh? he might have a gun sometimes, but right. the Joker is never in any way, shape, or form a physical match for Batman. I mean, no, I think that's no, it is so clear that if Batman ever corners Joker, Joker's done. Like, right, there right. is it's, no yeah. physical fight between the two that's going to be in any way like a classic fight scene. Yeah. Um and I think that's important because I think it kind of it's another way that the Joker is the foil to Batman because it's like it, it, if if we're going again with that idea that Batman has this ability to physically fight anybody but really that's not his thing. His thing is he can outsmart people. Yeah. That's who the Joker, and to some extent also the Riddler, you know, both of them are. Mm-hmm. They just want to battle Joker, uh, battle Batman in a, in a game of wits, not yeah. in a, uh, ever a physical fight. Yeah. And I mean, even Penguin, too, is, you know, Penguin's more of a, a money gangsterish kind of thing. And yeah, he's got his, like, trick umbrellas or whatever. But, like, right. it's interesting how few of Batman's principal adversaries are these physical matches for him you know they're often more putting him to a a a test of you know um the intellect which i i've i've been disappointed by basically every riddler story Mm -hmm. just about that i've ever seen where i feel like i really want to see a great riddler story yes where he well i don't know with like real riddles Mm -hmm. instead of like things that are like what you know (laughs) like I mean, I'd like to have an example off the top of my head, but it's like, well, 12 is the, you know, they I, I, just have these crazy... I feel, like, I feel like Gotham's Riddler is the closest to that. I mean, certainly miles better than Jim. Jim Carrey... Oh, I, yeah, I think yeah. Jim Carrey's Riddler, with the exception of Schwarzenegger's Mr. Freeze, is the worst Batman villain portrayal I've ever seen. Um, but but I, I... And so there isn't really a high bar. But I do right. think that the Gotham Riddler is... Not fantastic, but at least I actually really decent. like the portrayal. It's just um, we haven't really gotten Riddler versus Batman. I mean, maybe a little tease, but right. you know, because um, we don't really have Batman yet, right? Right. But um, but yeah, I that that's the Riddler that I have the most hope for. But you know, I I feel like like what if the writers of Sherlock wrote Riddler? Right. You know, like write him like Moriarty, basically, because he should be. I mean, there's we had a conversation a while ago about how the Moriarty and the Sherlock show is kind of like the Joker, right? Yeah. But, like, he's also kind of like Riddler. Yeah. And, like, there's an extent to which Riddler and Joker are kind of, like, a little bit the same character. Yeah. And in I, certain... Well, especially, I feel like... Where they could have been the same character, but they're not. When I watch the Batman the Animated Series, they feel very distinct. Right. Jim Carrey feels like he's trying to be... You know, just the wild and crazy Joker, but mm. but but playing some fun games, kind of rhythm. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, because they are they are very similar, and you have to work hard to make them distinct. Um, I agree. And we agree. just haven't seen that happen yet. I um, would like to see a Batman Beyond movie with um, Michael Keaton as Bruce Wayne <laughs> and the Riddler as the main villain. I could see that. I would like to see that. Because, like, old Riddler could still be, fun, you know, a match. Because, like, right. whatever, it's just his brain, right? Well, and, and I'm just thinking in terms of th- that, that the question of who are the, who are the people who are physical matches for Batman? Right. In his rogues gallery. 
Catwoman is the first that mm-hmm. comes to mind. Rachel Ghoul. Yeah. Um. And like all of the League of Assassins. Yeah, all the League of Assassins. Killer Croc. Um. Yeah. And um. Is Grundy a Batman villain or is Grundy more a Superman villain? I'm not sure. Um. He, I, I. He comes up from time to time. Yeah, he definitely is in both, but um. I'm, yeah, I'm not I'm, sure actually of his origin. But yeah, other than those, pretty much all the Batman rogues are much more like you know. If Batman Batman has to beat up their henchmen, but Batman's probably not gonna have to beat them up. Right. Exactly. It's like he needs to stop the bomb. <laughs> then he, he beats up the henchmen, stops the bomb. And he's like, "All right, you're coming with me." They're like, "Oh, you got me. Let's go back to Arthur." Yeah. You know, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> See you next time I break out. You know, and and and, and I I think that's. There's obviously a tension because fight scenes sell movies. I mean, that's what people yeah. want to see. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Um, and yet, sure. I mean, you know, but but obviously Sherlock is super. You know, people love Sherlock on BBC. Yeah. But but maybe that's why we don't have a Sherlock. You know, big budget movie. Um, uh. <laughs> oh no, actually, well, well, I didn't so see. So we did. I. But my oh, understanding is that in that? both of those, Sherlock is more of an action hero. Totally. Yeah. Yes, it was like let's make a Sherlock Holmes action movie, which actually I thought were were good. Yeah. Um, uh, particularly the first one, I'd say I liked better than the second. There were things about the second one that, I, <laughs> but <laughs> well, um, but but my only point being that I think that's part of why, and this is unfortunate, but it's part of why, when you make a big budget Batman movie, yeah. you don't expect the, that the audience wants to see Batman the detective. You're right. expecting they want to see. Batman with the cool toys who's the action hero. Um, yeah, which is why I think a Batman live action TV show would be really interesting. Huh. Like where he could be mostly a detective. There'd be some action like there is on Arrow or The yeah. Flash or whatever, but it wouldn't have to center on it as much because you wouldn't have as much budget. People wouldn't expect it as much on TV. And, you know, you have detective shows on television. Oh, yeah. I mean, and, and that's... You know, I like mean, that are just detective shows. Yeah, and Batman's basically the best CSI detective that the world's ever seen. So he'd be exactly. amazing at that kind of stuff. Exactly. Um, I think that would be really interesting. Um, that, and I, I, I looked it up. Grundy apparently was introduced as an enemy of uh, Green Lantern. Oh, okay. But like one of the early Green Lanterns is Alan Scott. So. Right. Um, but he's a, a prominent enemy for Superman and Batman. Yeah. So, and he's, you know, al- he's not either, but both. And he's also, I think, a case where Batman will physically fight him when needed, but also spends a lot of time sympathizing with him. Yeah, he tries um, to talk to him. He's like, hey, Grundy. Like, yeah. <laughs> so, okay, we should wrap up, but let me close by asking you... Um, your top three Batman. Who are they? And why? You mean uh, portrayals, like actors? Yes. Actors Kevin slash Connelly. writers. Hmm? Oh, well, so in terms of actors, I'd say number one, Kevin Conroy, the voice of the animated series uh-huh. and the Justice League and uh, through the Killing Joke movie. Um, number two is Michael Keaton. Well, so why, why, why each of them? Why, why the Kevin Conroy? The Kevin Conroy is, it's a combination of, um, I mean, his voice is just perfect. Yeah. You know, he can, he conveys, I mean, he sounds badass when he needs to, but he also manages to convey this really sort of dry wit that's like sort of, you know, all of the kind of contempt that Batman has for, for people not really being able to figure things out. Um, 
but also sort of his compassionation, uh, his compassionation, his compassion, <laughs> determination. Like he just, he just completely, I think, gets the character yeah. from the ground up. And um, and I will say it, what I what I love about him as well is that um, he's able to have two very distinct voices between Bruce Wayne and Batman. Yes. without all the growl nonsense that the Christian Bale movies yes. and, I, and I love Christian Bale as Batman but I yes. hate that growl and I yes. love especially in the Dark Knight it was oh. even he said you know in the Dark Knight I overdid it yeah and and yeah. what I love is that in the Kevin Conroy it is two very you could close your eyes and immediately know is he Bruce or is he Batman right now totally totally um, and he doesn't need that so yeah, I'm yeah. With, uh, so who, who, who's number two you said Michael Keaton uh yeah well, and and but just to go with the Kevin Conroy oh, Batman, sure. just one more thing. That's the one Batman that I feel like really fully captures the intelligence and detective work of Batman. Yes, absolutely. You know? um, and then number two is Michael Keaton. I just think his like, I'm Batman is <laughs> that's like the best <laughs> Batman line ever. Yes, like just the way he delivers it. You know, it's because like he's just like I'm Batman, and then in 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 Batman Forever, it's like I'm Batman. And it's like, okay, then that's, you know, Val <laughs> Kilmer. And then, like, George Clooney's all like, hey, I'm Batman. How are you doing? You know, let's be friends. Yeah, like, it, it's so understated by Michael Keaton. Right, exactly. Really like. And I just think it's he, the thing that Michael Keaton did in particularly the very, the first Tim Burton movie was Batman was threatening and, like, scary and, like, you know, had that, and obviously looking back at it 30 years later, you know, it doesn't quite feel the same way, but right. at that point in time, you know, in a movie, like, it, it felt, it was different from the character of, like, you know, other superhero, or even just, like, action hero things that, right. like, we would have seen, you know? Um, but he also captured the sadness of Bruce Wayne yeah. um, in a way that you know, there's that, there's this one scene where he's like walking on the steps of maybe City Hall or a courthouse or something, and the Joker's men are like shooting people, and he just has this like look on his face, like this kid who's like, I don't understand why they're doing this. Yeah. You know, and like sort of that feeling that like looking at the senseless violence and just being like, you know, what? And, and, and just kind of being lost. And then he goes and he, puts on the bat suit and he does batman stuff you know right. but to be able to kind of capture that that's kind of that whole essence of the character that um he captured and, and tim burton captured it you know helped him capture it. it's in the script and it's in the filmmaking and it's in the, the the performance um and so i think that right behind kevin conroy um they really capture kind of the complexity of batman and how he's more than just like an action hero right um, and then number three is Christian Bale. I mean, I, I like the, I like the Dark Knight trilogy less and less as time goes on. <laughs> but really, that's just because I'm harder and harder on it. Right. You know, it's it's, um, you know, when Batman Begins came out, I loved it. And then after seeing the next movie, and then going back and watching it, like it didn't hold up as much for me. But it's still, it's like. You know, I, I like that the it's a very real world, right? Kind of very grounded. And, um, you know, I think Christian Bale does the Bruce Wayne like, you know, hey, I'm here with these models and we're going to go swimming in the pool. And it's okay. I bought the hotel. Like, <laughs> I, I feel like that all he portrays the like fake Bruce Wayne well. Yeah. You know, and then he can also be brooding. 
and like you know his Batman's badass and does Batman stuff and you know he doesn't want to kill people he's like but I don't have to save you you know it's like I feel like that Batman is Batman and um, and the movies are very well made and so if you know if the other two weren't if I didn't hold them in as high esteem as I do then you know that one could have been number one but it's just that there are a number of different really great uh, Batman portrayals yeah, I and mean, I think I'm 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 pretty similar. I I used to say that the Christian Bale is my favorite Batman, and and there's still an extent to which I I hated the Dark Knight Rises, but the the right. first Batman Begins and the Dark Knight, I think are my favorite Batman stories. You know, mm-hmm. but I but I have come to think that I think Kevin Conroy is a better Bat. I mean, it's just, he's just so all the things you said. He's so definitive for what Batman truly is. Um. And, and and I I, I I think I said to you once I feel like Christian Bale is my favorite Bruce Wayne, um, mm. but but Kevin Conroy is my favorite Batman right. because he also gets that idea of it's I, I feel like the thing that I the more I thought about it again this was pointed out by the guys from that uh, DC on screen podcast it is that it the Christian ba- the the Christopher Nolan movies it feels like the character is Bruce Wayne who is struggling and still trying to decide if he does or doesn't want to have this alternate identity of Bruce of Batman. Yes. You know and that there's this uh, the whole third movie is about him trying to go away from Batman because mm-hmm. of his love dying and all this kind of stuff. And and I think that's an interesting story but it's not Batman. Yeah. And, and to me Kevin Conroy gets it so good. Um the my third though and, and this surprised me because I didn't think I would like it as much but I think it's actually um it's Reno Romano who's the guy who plays the voice of Batman on on the Batman that other yeah. animated show yeah um it's a much younger portrayal it's Batman as kind of a guy in his young early twenties he's clearly like just setting out to be Batman yeah um, it's like Batman Year Two basically right or year yeah three. It's like yeah not exactly. Batman Year One but it's just a little while after that. And there's there's a more modern sensibility to him, which I really like. Um, yeah. But I think in some ways, what it often feels like is that he's more playful, but mm-hmm. it's it's so forced. You know, he captures oh. that idea of he's forcing it yeah. in, in almost that same kind of because to hide the pain. Um, yeah. And I will also say, and this again, it's it's the the rip at Snyder. That show does the Batman Superman like Superman conflict so much better than Snyder does like it gets it oh, right in a way yeah, that yeah. just makes it and that's not that's loving the the story more than the Batman but that's that got me so that makes sense I, I also I actually want to throw in an honorable honorable mention uh-huh. um, uh, Will Friedel I have who, no idea who that is <laughs> yeah because uh, he doesn't play Bruce Wayne he plays Terry McGinnis who oh, okay I actually really love as Batman, like as and um, I did like the Dark Knight Rises. Um, I didn't love it, but I liked it more than the vast majority of people I'd say who saw it. Uh, and the thing I liked most about it was Joseph Gordon-Levitt's character. Yeah, who like at the end they kind of clumsily were like he's Robin, you know, but like he's not Robin, he's Batman. Right. Like that, you know. I mean, we don't know what happens after the Dark Knight Rises, uh-huh. but the last scene of the movie is literally him on a platform rising, yeah. And then it says the Dark Knight Rises, like the title <laughs> of the movie, you know. So it's like 
they have a statue for Batman, like, being dead or whatever, and they have this little, like, four-person ceremony of, like, Bruce Wayne's, <laughs> like, tombstone, empty grave or whatever. Uh-huh. But, like, I think it's pretty clear that he's going to be the next Batman, you know? Well, and, and I like the idea of it, Batman almost being Zorro, you know? Like, yeah. you can yeah. pass on the cowl and someone Right, else exactly. Can... And that's what, that's sort of what I like... That's I liked that a lot in The Dark Knight Rises, partially because I'd seen Batman Beyond and really like it a lot. Uh-huh. And, um, you know, particularly like Return of the Joker, um, like the things outside the series itself, Return of the Joker and within the, um, the, the Justice League series, there's that one Batman Beyond episode, basically, that they throw in as like an epilogue. Yeah. Um, the thing where Batman's sitting with Ace, and it's which is just that's just great that episode. But um, but so I I kind of and that's kind of where I went from like really disliking the whole Robin Batgirl concept, you know, which which came from really from the Schumacher films like Batman and Friends. You know, it was like it's like really there's we got Batman and Robin and Batgirl mm-hmm. and like they're just making terrible jokes and. But to, like, actually see kind of this, you know, Bruce Wayne as an old guy and kind of how he related to someone else who became the new Batman. And then that sort of shed light and a different kind of perspective for me on on all the the Robins and and Batgirl that came before. Have you read – I know neither of us have read many comics, but have you read the the story um, All of the Family? All of the Family? Yeah. It's a Batman no, comic called no, Death of the Family, or I, I haven't. Okay, it may be called. No, I think it's All of the Family, because um, I remember thinking it was All in the Family, but it might be Death. You're, you're, I will look it up in a second. Um, I mean, Death of the Family is definitely a. That's a thing. Yeah. That's a that's a Batman arc. Um. Yes. No. Okay. That's, sh- showing my high level of expertise. Yeah, it's the Death of the Family. Have you read that yeah. one? I, I haven't. I borrowed it from the library and then didn't read it. <laughs> I, I just finished – I actually read it after The Killing Joke because it's yeah. a very similar story arc to Killing Joke. Yeah, and it's and, around the same time that yep. it was actually out, which is interesting. And I haven't, I haven't read The Killing Joke, but I will say I, I much prefer this story to mm. at least the movie of Killing Joke. But, right. but part of what I love about it is it – here what, what Joker attacks uh, – and I, I'll try not to spoil it for you, but just kind of this, this idea that what, what Joker attacks – isn't the one bad day thing it's he attacks the connections between batman and his family right right yeah um and yeah no i mean i'm aware of the basic story and the outcome and within the movie of a killing joke the killing joke um uh, they clearly referenced uh death of the family right you know there was an image on his screen or whatever where that had happened which i also feel like so that's happened before you know the bats the bat snyder movie the uh <laughs> <laughs> where you know if they'd shown that like maybe honestly i just think they just really messed up by by deciding to try to like soup like turbo start like they just tried to fast forward into a franchise yeah. into a you know the whole multi multiverse not multiverse but you know the the kind of uber franchise right and like i just think that was a huge mistake and i think it's all Zack snyder just being like you just like seat of his pants like oh how about if we make batman the the villain in the next superman movie and they're like oh yeah okay that sounds like it would make money you know yeah well as I think opposed that's, to like <clears throat> I, I would love to have you uh, on as a guest again 
Yeah, that's um, a could, <laughs> that's could, a long conversation. Yeah, well, yeah, because I think that that's there's a whole conversation just to be made about what's the difference between really trying to tell a story that is true to a work versus saying, hey, we need a blockbuster movie. Oh, let's use a Batman story. You know, and I think that that's right. a lot of. And, and I will say, I think my understanding is the Killing Joke was whatever else I thought of it, probably the the truest film adaptation of a comic book that's ever been done. Um, would, would you agree yeah. with that? Um, I mean, Watchmen I haven't seen everyone close, ever made, but... but it's the most true to source material that I feel I've ever seen something. Yeah. I mean, it's it's very... I mean, it's interesting because the the Tim Burton Batman movie, the first one, clearly pulls from The Killing Joke. Yeah. Um, the the Dark Knight clearly pulls from the Killing Joke, and Batman vs Superman clearly pulls from the Killing Joke. Um, but like the Killing Joke, really, they just they just did the Killing Joke. You know, yeah. it's like here's the story. They added a 30 minute prequel, right? Which right. which I liked. I know you have your issues <laughs> with it, and um, I disagree with most of them, and some of them maybe just don't really have any feelings on. Um, I I do. There, there are certainly things that I uh, didn't like about it or thought could have been better um, but it's you know I, I feel like they do a Batgirl story and she has agency and then you know we're, we're going to agree to disagree there but let, let, sure. let, let me I mean, pull you back I to your main I don't point I can disagree that she has agency but um, in in the the killing joke story she clearly doesn't I mean right. she's just there to get shot right, right. I mean um, spoiler alert uh, <laughs> but um, but that it's it's just um, yeah that story is just that story and while they were like okay let's do a prologue to this to try to maybe mitigate some of the actually I mean as much as anything like it's a forty minute story and yeah. they wanted to make a, a feature release length you know well, so and, and I, and I uh, they want, didn't stretch it out I I, want, I wonder if like yeah because I think you're right like. The, the Tim Burton and the Christopher Nolan movies are by no means, you know, panel for panel, shot for shot adaptations of the comics, but they're very true to the comics in a lot of ways, in ways that I think the newest one is not, the, the Snyderverse is not. And and part of that, I think, is just because Snyder is, you know, a terrible filmmaker, but, but it also feels to me like I love the MCU, and I love everything the MCU is creating. But I wonder if part of sort of the knock-on effect is it's it's creating this desire for studios to feel like they have to have a big friend. Like you said, like I, I feel like part of what happened there is DC said, we need to have our version of the MCU, so let's use Batman vs. Superman to launch that, you know? And so it, yeah. it felt like a story that wasn't being told to tell the story it, you know, clearly Batman Begins, they wanted to launch a trilogy. But in some ways, that still feels different than trying to launch a franchise. I mean, it is a franchise, but it, it feels different. No, there's a franchise and there's like a super franchise, basically. Yeah. You know, because what, what the MCU isn't a franchise. It's a collection of interlocking franchises, really. Right. You know, which then has become a large extended universe that reaches into television and, you know, video shorts and, and all sorts of stuff. Whereas, you know, whereas, you know, the the Dark Knight trilogy was here are three movies that share continuity, one, two, three, done, right. you know, and um, 
you know, some people wanted them to make more. And I mean, I, I would have watched a Joseph Gordon-Levitt like Batman, you uh-huh. know, <laughs> um, that that took, you know, Nightwing movie basically or whatever. Um, but it's I, I definitely think that they were just like, OK, let's try to catch up to Marvel. Right. You know, I think in, in some regard. And I think that was just a huge mistake. And it I, I think a lot of the problems with um, with Batman versus Superman, like aside from like interpretations of the characters, were were also, um, you know, weaknesses of Age of Ultron, you know, the second yep. Avengers movie, where the first Avengers movie was like a capstone on the the first, what was it, five Marvel movies, MCU movies that came before it. Right. Right. It was like, we're completing this, you know? And, you know, then maybe they have little teasers at the end. But but throughout the movie, it was like, the movie was there to tell the movie's story, period. Right. Whereas um, Age of Ultron was like, okay, we're going to try to bring all of these things before us together, but then we're also going to plant seeds for... Thor Ragnarok uh, and Yeah, all for the Phase rest. 3. And, and the problem is then you're, like, trying to interact with, like, 10 different movies... You know, the five that came before, the five that are coming after, or seven, or whatever, 20 movies, and and it's, you know, you have to make a four-hour movie at that point, and Joss Whedon's like, no, I want to make a two-and-a-half-hour movie, <laughs> and it's like, well, if you're going to do that, you can't put all these seeds in, you know, and yet they did, and so it, it struggles with that. I still liked it better than I know you did, and yeah. better than a lot of people, but, but it, I mean, that was... Inarguably, a weakness of the movie. For and I sure. think, and then, yeah, I think that's the perfect parallel to Batman vs Superman because, to me, like that movie did a pretty good job. Of, okay, it it's not the Batman you or I like by any means, but it if if its only job is to set up an independent Batman movie that is clearly in the same universe, mm-hmm. okay, it did a decent job of that. Just not a Batman I have any regard for. It did a very good job, I thought, of setting up the upcoming Wonder Woman movie because it introduced yeah. Wonder Woman as a character and because it didn't feel like they were just throwing a seed in it felt like they were making it part of the story yeah she was a character in the movie that had some sort of relevance right and that now is going to have her own movie which which looks pretty damn good what it did a terrible job of was setting up the Aquaman Cyclops oh. and Flash movies because those, those yeah. just felt like the most blatant I mean <laughs> I kind of felt like it was almost like if I had watched Mar, if I'd watched Age of Ultron and sort of groaned a little bit about setting up Ragnarok and the others, and then I would have watched Cyclops set up, and I'd be like, okay, it's not so bad. Not Cyclops, Cyborg. Yeah. I mean, oh, right, right, um, Cyborg. Yeah, because that it, was just there was no story reason for that at all. There wasn't. It was it was super, you know, it was just crowbarred into the story, you know, and it, it just didn't it just didn't work, you know. I I just it, it didn't work, yeah. and um. And then also they took all these peripheral characters and like pretended they were in the movie and then blew them up. Yeah. I'm like, what are you doing that for? Like, you aren't you trying to start a franchise? Like, <laughs> are you killing off all these characters that are really pretty important? Yeah. You know, to to a lot of your stories. So I, I just it it's it's yeah it's not good. It's, <laughs> Con- conclusion: As long as Zack Snyder never gets to touch a Batman movie again. That, too late. That's <laughs> Justice League coming out. Although they appointed uh, Jeff Johns, the new president of uh, DC Entertainment or something. I don't know. Well, and Snyder is not directing the the Batman standalone movie, right? Ben Affleck is. Okay, so that I I I have a lot of respect for Ben Affleck, both as a writer and both as an actor and a director. So that gives me some hope. Yeah, and a writer. Um, Goodwill Hunting. And if nothing else, if nothing else, 
Zack Snyder's not going to touch the Lego Batman in any way. So oh, if that yeah. needs to be our salvation, then then Lego Batman will be it. I mean, Will Arnett's fantastic. <laughs> and, you know, it just looks really good. Yeah. And the fact that it's not like the only Batman that's out is also good, you yeah. know? Because it, 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 yeah, it's that it's that shoe it's that thing of the, what Schumacher could have been. It's the satire. It's the joke. right, exactly. Um, but I think on some, like just from the Lego Movie, like if you put up like Batfleck versus Lego Batman, I think I like <laughs> Bat, I think I like Lego Batman more. Right. <laughs> All right. Um. So uh, I was worried that we were gonna get uh, about a half hour to forty five minutes of material in. It's now been almost two hours. So yes. I feel like it's a good time to wrap up. I um, think so. Do you have any kind of final Batman thoughts you want to share? Without taking um, two more hours? No. <laughs> <laughs> I right. just really wanted to say, I'm Batman. Again, but you know. Well, well I... <laughs> done. Well done. I, I put You're not quite Keaton, but that's a lot yeah. better than Kilmer or Clooney. So. Oh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> um, a low bar to clear. <laughs> <laughs> um, so... Where where can uh, uh if listeners want to know more about you and your writing and what you're up to, where can they find your stuff? Uh, that's a good question. So for poker stuff, you can go to pokerisaskill.com, um, and I've got you know poker books that I've written there, and maybe there'll be some articles and whatnot videos. Um, as far as fiction goes, you can just um, search for Paul Christopher Hoppy fiction and find it various places it's on leanpub.com and uh you know i've got stuff on amazon and then my personal website is zenmadman.com so um that's where i write random thoughts and other stuff well thank you and uh again i'm matthew i'm the primary author of the superhero ethics blog which you can find at superheroethics.com uh and we discuss issues like some of the stuff that was talked about um, in terms of like some ethical or, or moral questions that are brought up by superhero stuff, but then also anything related, you know, science fiction, fantasy, pretty much anything geeky that makes you think that's what we're going to talk about. So, Paul, thank you again for spending some time with us, and thank you to all our listeners, and I look forward to talking to you again soon. Bye-bye.